Welcome into the Illini Cast. Austin Berkland here alongside Sonny Burma. We are the Illini Cast, a part of the Big Banter Podcast Network, and we have a national champion in the world of college football. Sonny, uh, did you watch the game or did you have a chance to? I did watch the game. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily have a rooting interest, but you know, it's the last college football game of the season, so I it's hard to try to miss it because you're not going to get football for a few months. Uh, I thought, you know, it was a good team. I think the best team in the country uh, was rewarded national champion, and that doesn't necessarily always happen. Uh, but uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I I was cheating. I was cheering, pardon me, for Washington and not the cheaters of the Michigan Wolverines. And I feel like Michael Penix got the PTSD from facing another Big Ten East opponent. And... It showed, it showed. I mean, the accuracy he was showcasing throughout his time at Washington did not stick around at all in that national championship game. I know the pass, the short passing game wasn't working to the most efficient standards of Washington. The tackling in Michigan was just incredible on those shorter routes. But my gosh, when you have a guy like Roma Dunze and you can't really get the ball to him too much and you had opportunities, um, I just feel like Michael Penix kind of cost his team the national championship with his play. Yeah, I mean, that was a 34-13 final, but I really think that game could have been a lot closer uh, than that final score uh, revealed to be. Uh, Michigan was clearly the better team, but like you said, I think you kind of saw why Michael Michael, uh, uh, Penix got out of the conference because he was rattled right off the bat to the point where he was missing wide-open throws. And, you know, a lot of people have already called, uh, you know, the fact one week ago might have been his best game of his career. And then he followed it up with this game where, you know, in particular when he missed Adunze, uh, I think it was in the first half, for an easy touchdown. Adunze had gotten behind his guy and basically uh, Penix threw the ball where towards the sideline as opposed to if he threw it midfield, Adunze had an easy six or seven. And, you know, the score could have gone into uh, halftime a lot closer. So, again, you know, it's, it's it's Michigan's just good. You know, we got to give credit where they're due. They're the, I don't think they gave up over 25 points all season long on defense. Um, they averaged nine and a half points a game allowed, which they haven't done since the 97 team, which also won the national championship. So, yeah, you know, I know the whole cheating thing. And I don't know if you're a, in particular, a big, you know, go Big Ten guy. I kind of tend to side with that. Uh, it's nice to get that monkey off our back. But, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully one of these days, uh, one of these years, we'll be able to celebrate an Illini national championship game. Uh, I, I don't think so. I just want to be in the 12-team playoff um, <laughs> right now uh, at best. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do just to get to that point. But I am a traditionally a sheer Big Ten guy and knowing that Washington is coming into the conference that kind of allowed me to cheer more freely for Washington over this year uh knowing that is the case coming up next year but just the amount of talent coming into this conference is just ridiculous uh coming in next year to the Big Ten and um, I know we have some rebuilds coming up with Washington and Michigan but Ohio State's going to be better with uh their transfer quarterback coming in and Penn State is just keeping keeps growing as a program. I, I think this is going to be a fun Big Ten to be a part of, and Illinois' schedule is not the worst for a potential 
bowl game as well. So we'll get to that later on. There's a lot of uh, football moves to be made in the offseason still for the Illini and the rest of the Big Ten. But we had a game against Purdue, and I was uh, grooving on the dance floor in Florida at a wedding reception. Um, but So I just kind of want a little review from you, Sonny, on Purdue and Illinois. What caused the big streaks of Purdue? I che- was checking the score occasionally on GameCast, and there were some big-time moments where Illinois was just outgunned it felt like what happened during those stretches i mean for for the most part it was the, uh up until the first uh it was 20 to 4 immediately purdue um you know we all figured matt painter would you know uh, throw ed against ty rogers and i just didn't realize that they would do it right off the bat and they'd completely you know with ed being able to camp in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the paint our shooters really couldn't do anything. Like our, we couldn't do anything with our spread offense. And Brad admitted this uh, in the press conference after the game that he switched out of that a little too late. We basically readjusted. You know, we um, the second half, Ty Rogers barely played. Um, we made a lot of runs. Coleman Hawkins led the run in the first half, and Coleman Hawkins led a run in the second half. He was a little bit of whiny, but you know, I think that's just kind of. Coleman Hawkins' uh, personality. Um, honestly, that's what it came down to. You know, we got ED in foul trouble, which not a lot of teams uh, in his career can say. And while we were able to take advantage, we just couldn't ultimately crawl uh, out of that 24 hole that we built ourselves in. Um, again, you know, I, I'm more of a Ty Rogers guy. I know you, you know, you have uh, concerns with him, and you, your concerns shown through uh, on Friday night. Like it's, it's something which. We all have to kind of wonder to ourselves is like, did Purdue show the blueprint on how to beat the Illini moving forward? Um, What kind of adjustments is Brad Underwood going to be able to make? You know, it's not like we have anyone off the bench. Dane had an awful game on Friday. So it's like our, we're already running like six, seven guys max in our rotation. So taking Ty Rogers out, which, you know, I don't want to do. He does so many other things well. But now if all of a sudden, you know, painters uh, let others know the strategy is just put your center on Ty Rogers and that neutralizes the spread offense that we're kind of playing on offense that, you know, we've been so successful with over the last uh, half dozen games. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Michigan State does on Friday. Who uh, impressed you in this game and who gave you the most pause outside of maybe Ty Rogers in this game? Uh, co- Again, again, I get he was very whiny, and a lot of people were complaining about it because, like, he was on LeBron level complaining, uh, Coleman Hawkins. But he was seeing the floor well, and he was switching well. He didn't grab as many rebounds as he should have. Uh, I think he only ended up with like four or five. But I think Coleman Hawkins was probably our well. I mean, outside Damask again, Damask had another very good game. He kind of carried our offense um, after that initial doubt, uh, a drought. He's just hard to guard. You know, like he's got that confidence that he had against FAU. Um, he's just, he's got it back. And, you know, he's, he's taken on the role, the alpha role uh, that Shannon uh, kind of left open. And, you know, the way he's been playing, you're talking about, you know, all potential, all Big Ten first team. Um, Quincy Garrier, another solid double double. I think he was at 18 and 10, if, if I recall correctly. Again, it's. We had we played well. We genuinely played well, which is why I talked about. It. I wasn't too upset after the game. 
you know, without our best player going into Mackey, um, losing by what was it? Five, five points. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, our, and again, it all came down to 20 to four. If uh, we hadn't given up that initial, um, you know, run to Purdue where they were just out rebounding us, it, it, it was puzzling. You know, they seemed to be out hustling us. Uh, we couldn't figure out what to do, but once we got in the groove, we led almost 80% of that, or not, sorry, 80% of the rest of the game. Obviously, Purdue was ahead in score, but we had, uh, I think it was like 64-53, I saw, like the rest of the game after that 20-4. to So, you know, Ty Rogers, unfortunately, um, you know, he was the guy that we have to talk about moving forward, but even Harmon didn't have that scoring outfit um, that uh, he is he had had the games post Shannon's suspension. So, you know, when you just don't have those guys and you're just counting strictly on Damask and you're counting on Gary, it's going to be hard to beat the best team in the country. So watching the Purdue game, where do you think Illinois fits in the rest of the Big Ten? I think we're going to find out a little bit on Friday. Because, you know, obviously Michigan State had seemingly turned things around until they just lost to Northwestern uh, a couple days ago. But um, from what I've been watching, like the second and third most impressive teams this season seem to me be ourselves, uh, Illinois. And also Wisconsin is playing really well right now. So, you know, Wisconsin, A.J. Storr, you know, it's going to come down between A.J. Storr and Marcus Damask for, you know, best newcomer in the conference. Um I still have very a very high ceiling, uh, much higher than I was uh, initially thinking once the Shannon news broke. These guys are playing really, really well. Not many teams, let me uh, rephrase that, no other team has a Zach Eady that they can kind of just, you know, use that strategy uh, against Illinois. So I'm still optimistic. I still think, um, you know, we can battle for second, uh, third. You know, who knows? You know, with the whole Shannon news, uh you know, that game, uh, our senior night in Champaign against Purdue, it could come down to, you know, that game. Uh, first is not a reach yet. We'll see what Purdue does. I mean, we can't forget that Purdue lost to a Northwestern team that ended up losing to Chicago State. I feel like there are other losses that could come for the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, just similarly as the Illinois Fighting Illini could have some losses with Terrence Shannon out, depending on hot street shooting streaks uh, by opposing teams. And that could happen against the Michigan state Spartans. But the fact that Illinois was a five point game after uh, going down 20 to four is pretty impressive of the, uh, of the, of the willpower of this Illini basketball team. It feels like they are truly playing together. I mean, we we've been a broken record, but some of those John gross teams uh, that would have uh became a 30 point game, became a 40 point game. And uh, we're on the, we're on the brink of record breaking loss uh, in the big 10 under John gross. But the fact that these guys are fighting for each other minute in and minute out, no matter the situation of Terrence Shannon jr. No matter the situation of being down in a game. I mean, that is pretty impressive of what Brad Underwood has been able to build with this team. And just even the juxtaposition of this year versus last year, uh, a news like this last year would have just broken this team mentally. And I, I can't believe how well this team has responded uh, since the Terrence Shannon news broke. I completely agree. You know, and we don't have to go back to the John Gross era. Gross era. It's uh, like you said, last year, 
you know, the personalities on this team, I don't think um, they would have thrived in the current conditions. Uh, this team kind of, you know, it's, and it's the two main guys, the two newcomers, you know, Marcus Damask, uh, Quincy Garrier, who have just shouldered that extra load. You know, Gary is almost a double-double machine now. He's uh, an ace from that corner three-pointer spot. Um, it's, like you said, like this team, they, they bonded well. They're they're a cohesive unit. And, you know, they were they found out the same day we did about the Terrence Shannon news. And, uh, you know, they've been thriving since. You know, they had those impressive wins against Fairleigh Dickinson, Northwestern. And we went toe-to-toe, again, you know, with the best team in the country at their place. And, you know, almost came out with the victory. Now, you know, we'll see what happens on senior night in Champaign, you know, especially if Shannon comes back. You know, speaking, speaking of Shannon, we have a couple bits of news uh, updates on the Terrence Shannon Jr. situation. We still have that January 18th court case in Kansas where that initial hearing will be heard uh, by the court system about what happened at Jayhawk Cafe in Lawrence, Kansas. And then. This came out on Monday. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. and his lawyer team uh, filed a temporary restraining order against the suspension uh, by the U of I. Uh, The U of I had their three-person panel meet, and they upheld the indefinite suspension uh, based on the facts that are present at this time. Um, But Terrence Shannon Jr. has has wrote a letter uh, basically out to the public about all that happened in his words and all that uh, has taken place uh, by the U of I and by the legal system and all the consequences that he has to bear on his side of the story. Obviously we don't know if Terrence Shannon is lying, is telling the truth, uh, but this is kind of how it's gone so far. So what are your thoughts on where we're at in Terrence Shannon Jr.'s case, Sonny? You know, as you said, we're not lawyers. Uh, I know nothing. You know, that's why I'm kind of usually hesitant to tweet anything about it. Just, you know, I know other programs out there like to discuss the case more in depth. But, you know, obviously it's an unfortunate situation. Um, you kind of, we've been able to see the incident reports now and, you know, how the cameras uh, aren't at least able to confirm um, what happened. Uh, at least it didn't happen on screen. Um, we've heard her side of the story and now we kind of know his side of the stories. And for the most part, you know, it is kind of a he said, she said. Um, I understand where Tanshan is coming from in the sense where he discussed that, you know, uh, this court case, which could be concluded at the end of uh, the college basketball season, could cost him dearly in the long run when it comes to, you know, his future earnings. Um, an NBA team is going to have a hard time drafting him, you know, if he doesn't play the rest of the season. Now, all these things are secondary in the big picture, but for someone like him, I understand what his concern is. Uh, And it also puts pressure on the DA to be able to provide some evidence, I feel like, that they have a strong case moving forward. So, you know, I I understand what Terrence Shannon's uh, move here was. I think it's ultimately good for the, uh, at least the athletics department for the University of Illinois, because it kind of puts them out of it you know uh they made their move immediately to suspend terrence based on uh, a rule that they have at the university but the law will supersede that and so you know it's they're not going to get the black eye that some of the other institutions may uh, in particular have it's uh 
you know, it, it's it's tricky all around. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens on Friday. Um, you know, that's when apparently this new case will be heard and we'll find out whether he's going to be able to play or not. I think that's my understanding. Um, I don't know if yours is any different. But, uh, you know, it's just hopefully this whole thing gets resolved um, sooner rather than later, uh, you know, whether he plays or not. Illinois just kind of, kind of got to focus on their basketball team just because we have such a talented uh, basketball team. It's one thing if we were our ceiling was, you know, mid Big Ten, you know, maybe getting into the tournament. But Brad Underwood, you know, as we just talked about, has a really good basketball team that has the capability of going further than his teams in the past have. And so we kind of have to also remain focused. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the team is the team at this point, and they've done a great job of showcasing that they don't necessarily need Terrence to kind of get to the goals that they kind of expect themselves to be at. But uh, in Terrence's letter, he kind of goes through the uh, what happened on the day, an incident where he went to the Jayhawk Cafe, a uh, bar that evening. And then he goes on to say how much he needs this money to talk, uh, his NIL money, to take care of his siblings and his mother and um, and even his father's children. And talks about uh, going to the University of Illinois, something that he is extremely proud of. And he also states that he has no criminal history and that his mom raised him well. And then goes on to talk about basketball being his life and the work ethic to play basketball. And he is still in shock on the charges laid in front of him and basically just kind of trying to clear his name in the court of public opinion and um, with, to the uh, panel that uh, see, that saw his case to keep that indefinite suspension. So that's kind of where we're at in Terrence Shannon's uh, uh, letter and case. It was the temporary restraining order was supposed to go to local court, but the local judge recused himself. Uh, and now it'll be heard in federal court um, under a Judge Lawless. So that is where we are at in the Terrence Shannon news. Um, it's kind of a, more of a news bulletin for us uh, rather than a let's really hash this out. We're not lawyers. Uh, you can get that information elsewhere. Um, but we will be here to react to the Illinois basketball side of things if and when things change with Terrence Shannon Jr. But... We have a huge game between the Michigan State Spartans and the Illinois Fighting Illini, the number 10 uh, Fighting Illini. They did, dropped one spot from their number nine ranking after the loss to Purdue, which was 83-78. Michigan State is coming off of a loss to Northwestern, who won 88-74 on January 7th. Uh, this will take place at 8 p.m. FS1, January 11th. 2024 and Sonny, what are your initial impressions on this Spartan game? Uh, you know, I again, we it's been dominating the show, but I want to see if they make some sort of adjustment with uh, Ty Rogers. Uh, I just want to see if other teams are going to immediately try to take advantage of it or not. Um, I'm pretty confident. I think that you know we should be winning this game, but you know, a lot of preseason picks uh, had Michigan State at number two. They're obviously a really talented bunch. You know, Walker is just, is one of the finest players in the Big Ten, but we've seen them struggle. Arguably, probably the third biggest disappointment now in the Big Ten uh, outside um, Michigan and Maryland. Uh, it's, a, it's a game, I think, especially at home. 
uh, we should win. And whether we do, I don't, we'll see. You know, it's for me, it's all about I really want to see if we're able to build our rotation a little bit because right now we are running these guys to the ground. And, you know, how like we're one injury away from Domask or Gary to be in, you know, pretty big trouble right now. And so I'm not sure, uh, but I think we should uh, come up with a win. Yeah, yeah, I think this should be a win. I'd love to see more from our bench guys like Trey uh, Gibbs Lahorn and Justin Harmon. I think those guys are so crucial to where Illinois needs to be. And there's going to be a lot of minutes on a lot of bodies um, in that top five, top six of the rotation by the time March hits. And we've seen it before. Tired legs uh, don't really help out in March. And uh, I think that is extremely what happened in the Loyola game that Illinois lost. I think there was a lot of tired legs in that coming from the Big Ten Conference Championship uh, going into the NCAA tournament as the number one seed. So I just wanted to see some of the bench guys try to take away some of the minutes uh, from the starters and be serviceable. I think that's the crucial part. Uh, but this Michigan State team, one in three in the Big Ten, they are in a five-way tie for last place in the Big Ten with Iowa, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan. They're nine and six overall, but a lot of their nine wins uh, aren't that impressive. We have a loss early on in the season to a team that is almost like a Chicago State um, loss to Northwestern. Um, they have that in their resume. So this is a this is a game where if Marcus Domask and Quincy Garrier take care of business, this should not even be a contest. This is a team that's playing really well together right now. This is a team that has to bounce back uh, for the first time in a while, and I'm excited to see that process. And especially with the way Brad Underwood has been coaching, I think that's going to be a uh, kind of an easy way, easy bounce back for the Illini against this Michigan State team. I'm not sure if it's going to be easy. Um, Michigan State, especially after they lost to Northwestern, um, as you just went over, they're out of conference schedule. They did not perform well at all. They need these quad one wins. You know, They need the quad one, quad two wins. Um, a victory in Champaign for Michigan State is going to be huge for their chances to get into the tournament later on in the season. So, you know, I, I'm still going to just trust, you know, Coach Izzo is going to have his guys ready to play. Obviously, they haven't uh, for the most part this season. But regardless, I think we've seen our team, uh, Brad Underwood, has them ready. And, you know, as long as we stick to the game plan, stay out of foul trouble, and, you know, hopefully, you know, as you said, some of the more – lesser used guys are able to get some minutes. You know, I'd love to see Hansberry get some more experience on the court with the, you know, other big 10 physical guys, because I think, you know, I think Damask played all 40 minutes in Purdue. I don't know if I remember seeing that stat on uh, you know, uh, post game or not, but he can't be doing that every single day. You know, we need to have games where we're comfortably ahead by 15, 16 points with a couple minutes left where we can just give these guys a breather because, again, we're only going to reach our ceiling as long as Damask and Gary are playing at their ceiling. Yeah, I think the keys to this game, I think the scoring will come if Illinois plays their best game, but I think a couple key factors are are at play here. I think you've got to get in some passing lanes against Michigan State. They have 18 assists per game. Um 
and I think you got to keep your rebounding. I, Illinois has done a great job of rebounding this year. You got to keep that up, and you got to take care of the ball against this Michigan State team. They have seven and a half uh, steals per game. So if Illinois is to take care of the basketball, I feel like that's going to be a vital factor in why Illinois wins this game. If they get a little sloppy, that's whenever things can start to turn a little bit, especially in this Big Ten conference where even with a team like Michigan State who's one and three, uh, they can come and surprise a little bit. As you talked about, like this is the first time we have to come back, bounce back after a loss. You know, we're riding pretty high. Um, between Missouri, Dickinson, and uh, uh, Northwestern. And it's, again, we went toe-to-toe against Purdue. We You want to see this team continue playing at the level of efficiency and pace that they have been playing. Because they, like, talent-wise, we may not necessarily be um, there with Michigan State, uh, unless Damas keeps playing uh, out of his mind. But as long as we keep playing cohesive, you know, we need all these wins just like they do. We want to keep track. We want to uh, keep pace with Purdue, uh, Wisconsin. I believe in our, the last week of the season, I know I already mentioned Purdue, but I think Wisconsin is the game before Purdue. So those games are going to matter. Yeah, yeah, those games are going to matter. So, you know, it's you don't want to give up losses to teams that, you know, you are clearly better than. And, uh, yeah, again, Friday is going to be a huge test on Underwood getting these guys ready. Uh, earlier in the day, or uh, the day previous, there we're going to hear about Shannon. You know, hopefully, or is it Friday? I, I guess I'm mixing up my days now. No, Friday. We're, so earlier in the day, we're going to hear about any Shannon news that happened, and you don't want that to be a distraction for the basketball team on the court. I'm screwing my days up, but you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday night's the game. Yeah, so focus on Thursday night. Uh, get that win. And don't have that whole Shannon cloud uh, hovering over you. Yeah, Terrence Shannon was averaging 21.7 points per game, which would be second in the Big Ten if uh, he were to continue to play. I'm sure he'll drop out after uh, the game's played factor uh, comes into play. But Tyson Walker of Michigan State is one of those top three scorers in the Big Ten. If Illinois stops him, then you got to go all the way down to the number 39th player in the country, 39th player in the Big Ten in scoring. Uh, to get the number two score in the Big Ten. Marcus Damask right now is at number 20 in the Big Ten in points per game. So I feel like stopping Tyson Walker, which is no easy task, is going to be a huge factor in if Illinois wins or loses this game. Yeah, and, you know, we have a quick turnaround. Uh, We have a game against Maryland on Sunday. So get that W on Thursday night. Uh, You know, it's... My son says hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> I love. Sorry that. about that. Um, you know, get that win Thursday night. You know, as you said, you know, like let Damask play back in the flow. I, for me, I really think we want Lawhorn to get some points. We want him to get some confidence. Uh, he came in that Purdue game. I wasn't sure if he was going to. Obviously, he's got, and his mother has some history uh, going back and forth with. Uh, the fans of Purdue right now. And he came in there. He didn't really have much of an offensive output, and he had like four fouls very quickly in the game. But this is what college basketball is all about. He had a pretty good, solid defensive impact. And you know his confidence is sky high. And that's, you know, that's always nice to see as well. 
So if we can get him scoring, then we're not so much counting on, you know, Harmon to be that third guy. You know, we, we want another guy on the wing who can put in some points. And uh, what I wanted to see is, I don't know if you've gotten any updates on Moretti, because he's apparently he's out of the boot. But I don't know if that means uh, he's coming in, you know, in this stretch of games or if he's still a, a month away. Have you heard anything? I have not heard anything, but he is another guy that can help alleviate some of the Ty Rogers um, issues in the offense. And if you need that offensive-minded point guard, boom, he's there. He's going to help you out. Um, because right now, Ty Rogers is a four-on-five battle. And you can win games like that uh, against teams like uh, Indiana, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State. I, I'm not trying to put the carpet for the horse. But against elite teams, you need a five-versus-five offensive uh, masterpiece, and I think Moretti's uh, passing ability uh, can help out with that. Uh, defensively, who knows what he can give you, but I kind of want an offensive point guard uh, just to help alleviate some pressure there. But going back to my Tyson Walker comment, so far Illinois has lost to Kolek of Marquette and Dalton Connect of Tennessee. So stopping an elite scoring guard has been Illinois' bugaboo uh, so far this year. And I think that's this is a crucial matchup in that to see if Illinois can win this game. I mean, even Boo Booey, you know, we may yeah. beat Northwestern by 30, but Boo Booey got 20-plus uh, points himself. You know, it's not like we just basically shut everything else down on the Northwestern end. So, you know, you're exactly right. Um Guarding the point guard, you know, seems to be an Achilles heel. And it's something that we've got to progressively get better in as the Big Ten season goes on. Because otherwise, not only are they going to figure it out in the Big Ten, but coming March, when guard play is so important, we're basically signing ourselves up for another early exit. And, you know, it's just, I believe in Underwood. I think this is one of his, if not the best uh, coached uh, performances that he's had uh, in his career. But this is... It's a big glaring hole, you know, and it, it, I hate because, again, I, I like Ty. I really like Ty, but I hate this, the storyline being about him for a factor that he can't really control himself. And so if we can alleviate that pressure off of him, let Ty do what he does best. Because, yeah, we go four on five uh, on the offensive side, but he's fantastic on the defensive side as a very athletic wing who's able to switch off screens, you know, attack the ball handler. I just want him to be able to relax and play his game. And uh, having, being able to, you know, guard that point guard, uh, it's it's going to be key to that. I do kind of like the timing of this matchup. If you take out the whole Terrence Shannon Jr. thing, because that's a huge outlier in all that we talk about in Illinois basketball. So let's just take that out. I do like that we're playing a Tom Mizzo team on January 11th as opposed to uh, late February where he kind of has his team figure some things out. Uh, so I feel like right now is a great time to get a Tom Izzo team as opposed to later on in the year. Especially if we continue to play the way we have been over the past, uh, it's been a month essentially, you know, it started yeah. get kicked off, uh, especially with that Missouri game. If we can continue this onslaught, you know, just basically put our foots to Michigan State's neck. You know, obviously they're struggling. They're still trying to find themselves. We can, you know, try to end this game early. Like you said, you know, Izzo's a, he's a great coach, but they haven't figured it out yet. So if they're going to figure it out, let them figure it out against a different team. 
And Tom Izzo is battling with reporters on analytics. So you always love seeing that. Um, he was like, I just like looking at a player's toughness. This doesn't matter. Like, I'm like, come on now. This That's... is a great time. He's starting to get that little punch, you know, like, um, so this is a great opportunity for Brad Underwood and the Illini, uh, going up against this Tom Izzo who's already battling reporters. Uh, do you have a score prediction, Sonny, for this game? Yeah, I think we take care of business. Let's say 71, 57. 71-57. I got 84-76. That's what I think uh, I land on with this. I feel like there's going to be some hype offensively in this game. Uh, Illinois is going to have some great shooting spots uh, since they're back at home. And I, I feel like defensively, Illinois still has a couple things to figure out here um, against a uh, like guy by the likes of Tyson Walker. So, I, I do think Illinois wins this game um, handily, but all, defense is going to come at a premium in this one. Yeah, it's, I'm just factoring in that at some point, one of these guys, uh, Domask or Gary, has to have an off game. Uh, you know, So 71 points by Illinois standards is pretty low, but I just think we're still clearly uh, the better team, or at least playing better than Michigan State is right now. And the fact that the game is in Champaign, you know, the energy is going to be there. I just hope, you know, we have, again, a 14-minute or 14-point win. But more importantly, we get some other guys playing because it's hard to, you know, the couple of guys that we have to shoulder all this load. I, I want to be able to deepen our bench a little bit uh, moving forward. Sonny, what a great episode. We covered a lot of Purdue. We covered a little bit of the national championship. Terrence Shannon Jr. and, of course, this Michigan State uh, Spartan game coming up in the State Farm Center. Uh, thank you again. All right. Awesome. Thank you. This has been an episode of the Illini Cast as part of the Big Banter Podcast Network.